the, the thing is, the real winner of this demo from ChatGPT are the AI newsletters, all right? <laughs> Those are the real winners. Because I can tell you right now, as someone that has done zero coding but has a co-founder that has done uh, uh, this API for all these AI products, we know what people use our app for. Like, it is none of these crazy, like, features you think about. It is literally like, edit this for me, reword this for me. It's like... It's the nitty gritty of your daily life that you use it for, right? And until this thing is automatic, until everything that Jack said about take a picture of my fridge, here's the thing, and you can trust it's gonna give you a recipe that isn't like poison. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, that yeah. is still so far away from happening. Well, welcome to another episode of Not Investment Advice. You've got the gang here, Trunk Fan, Jack Butcher, Bilal Zaidi. What's going on, boys? Busy week. We got a lot to talk about this well, week. What's going up, on? There's so many things. Well, let me tee the listeners up about what we're talking about because before we talk about what we're talking about, we're gonna talk about <laughs> we're gonna talk about sad seasonal affective disorder because that shit That's is true. true. Okay, That's so, why you had to go to San Francisco. Yeah, it looks like. Yeah, look, look man, uh, listeners. I'm <laughs> recording right above the Golden Gate Bridge right now. If you can tell, you're probably wondering how I did this setup. Uh, NIA is we put some budget. From a non-existent you're on a Android. helicopter yeah. and you're using the new apple <laughs> iphone uh gimbal <laughs> thing yeah. on the new yeah. ios all right, we're you hit, get hit to later. news points and then we'll talk about sad all right so we're going to be talking about chat gpt adding vision and voice there's some really interesting demos that have just come out there we're going to share that spotify is also doing local language podcasts using ai so if you don't like ni in english you might like it in spanish or urdu that's coming soon and then we've got the end of the right strikes, Netflix retiring DVDs, if we want to get to that. Oh, yeah, yeah we should do this together. We'll round that out with an Apple durability test and what's going on with the new iPhone. Dude, that, this is like a news, man. Well, people I, people talk about this. It, summer's over, right? News dump, left, We're right, back. and center now. Yeah, um, this is like old school NIA vibe. This is an so edge of the internet up top, but go yeah. on, yeah. Uh, so before we talk about a seasonal affective disorder, do you guys know what anal print is in Spanish? <laughs> what's cup chair in spanish can we yeah, run that through? can you imagine <laughs> can you imagine well, when people see the demo for what the ai language thing is going to be you got to understand the job but can you imagine trying to translate that that is insane you hit it there you go, <laughs> impression for the listeners oh, God. anal print her google translate so this is the word of this is the word this is the word is impression anal. I like you put the accent on it there as well. Cockche is Silla Cornuda. Silla Cornuda sounds like a cuck chair. That sounds yeah. like something <laughs> that a husband involved in some like, you know, whatever. The Cornuda some Silla Cornuda life, yeah. All right, so. That, that's it. That's that's the t-shirt. That's the, the cuck chair, but we can <laughs> add it in <laughs> Spanish if that, so people understand. There we go. All right, All right Bilal, on, before we started this episode, you had mentioned that the weather in New York was getting you down uh, gray. Uh, Very gray. Felt like talk London, Talk me mate. through it. Do you get seasonal affective disorder? I don't know if it's literally, I don't know if that is just feeling a little down, but uh, no, I have to say genuinely, like you realize how much sun makes a difference. And I said as a joke, like bro discovered sunshine as a joke, because obviously we all know sunshine is no, good bro for you, but it really makes a difference. Clouds. Bro, bro discovered clouds. Bro discovered clouds, yeah, exactly. But no, it is, because it's been like three days of this, and I'm like, man, you can't do the same walk outside. You can, you know, just the same walk before, you're, you're sunny, you're smiling, looking at trees, you know, you can do anything in the sun, it feels good. I know our boy Tom Osman will appreciate that if he's still listening well, to this Tom right now. Well, Tom Osman lives in the Mediterranean. He moved to Spain to, do, to maximize the sunshine vibe. And I, I think it's a bigger question, though. All jokes aside, like we've talked about it on the pod before, like in the AMAs, where you'd like to live and like stuff like that. And one of the biggest things, I think long term, if you can get more sunshine, it makes a massive difference. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think Tom clocked it. I think the old grandmas who moved to Florida understood the, the task at hand. And uh, yeah, I mean, the it's actually going to get back man. to normal soon. So Dude, I got so much respect for Osman. Like that, that thread he put up. Oh, is, yeah. Uh, he understands it, man. It's just like, dude. What's the well, thread for people that didn't see it? What was it? He put up, uh, he moved to, um, I believe, Mayurka. I, I yeah. hope I'm not, I hope I'm not uh, doxing him. I think he, I think he made <laughs> no, that no, public. No, he said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He said yeah. It, yeah. Uh, <laughs> If we did talk, he's sorry, Tom, but uh, he uh, he's just like the quality of life. Just go, dude. This is why California, all right? 
California in the United States has a Mediterranean weather. It's the only place in North well, America. Well, San Francisco a little gray States. too, to be fair. But yeah, still. well, San Francisco gets gray, right? But this, well, you go SoCal, Southern California. a little different story. So before I go off on seasonal affective disorder, which I believe is 100% a thing, I want Jack's thoughts and everything, but I'll just said, and his love for the sun. As and a Brit the sun, too. Yeah, and whether the Nashville. sun was a consideration for you and Celia when you guys mm. chose to go to Nashville. I don't know how much sun there is. A little bit. I don't know if the, I don't know if, I always used to think New York had a lot of bright days, like even when it's freezing cold. Maybe yeah, it's it just does. like proximity to the to the water or something that like the clouds move quickly there. But yeah, this down here is pretty good too. Like it's not like a London or a San Francisco where it's like a part of almost every day you have the gray thing. But when you do live in a place that has it regularly, when you get a couple of days of clouds, you you start to think feel it. Yeah, you start to you start to get affected by it for sure. So it's a real phenomenon, man. It's a real ingredient in life, isn't it? The sun. That's we need true. the sun. Hundred percent. Well, all I know is this: I went to Helsinki, and in the Starbucks, they each table had one of those like UV blue uh, those oh, lights. Oh yeah, yeah. You need yeah. To, uh... I'm like, if you guys got that, you know what's up. Starbucks knows what's up. They know that investment is increasing the dollar consumption of their products. So clearly, some smart-ass economists that I come So for me, that's all I knew. I know that shit's real. And I'm reading, uh, I'm reading this book about Ernest Shackleton. Like he did the, uh, the Antarctica, uh, the famous thing where they're stuck in Antarctica for like two years. But there's a line in that book. It's like, there is nothing like the 24-7 darkness in Antarctica. Like it'll, it'll break. It will break anyone. Like most people will break after two days, like seeing no sun. And uh, dude, I think uh, I think we both all touched on it. And I live in Vancouver, so nine but months a year is rainy. Yeah, yeah. I will say the other thing is Vancouver's. Yeah, I guess yeah, it's I like was... northeast vibe. North, yeah, northwest, yeah, yeah. yeah Pacific northwest. northwest. But um, like northwest, my brother, sorry, I remember he used to do like night shifts back in the day, and just like you're literally waking up as it's dark, and then you're going yeah. all day. It's crazy. Oh. Anyway. We can move on from that. No, no, no. Um, Hold on. I think this is relevant material, people here. <laughs> that's why you get. That's why you get in the time and a half, Bilal. The, the danger it. money yeah. for that stuff. That's man. You're just true. Breaking your, breaking well, dude, the, 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 the Honda right? factory life night shift. Yeah. How many of you guys have worked with people in Manila, right? The Philippines. Yeah. Right. They have the entire economy built around that's people true. that work between midnight and eight a.m. Do you know how bad that shit is for your health? Like not seeing the sun. Not they literally really. have an entire Huberman would not be impressed, right? But no, you... <laughs> yeah. Huberman. Yeah. Every episode I've ever listened Run to. Run to the sun. Yeah. How many hours of sun did you get? He's like, wake stare up and just stare into the at sun the for sun twenty eight minutes. I was looking yeah. at the sun. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, anyway. Uh, I will say all jokes aside, some of the Huberman stuff is a little over the top. But yesterday when I was feeling that little dip. I did go sweat it out in the sauna and I don't do the ice bath shit that everyone has. Jack might have space for it in his backyard, but just doing a cold shower makes a difference. Oh, Another let's give a is, shout out. Hold yeah. on, Jack. You want to give a shout out to Jack the sauna? sauna. We should give a shout out, but I don't know if I got the right details <laughs> to give the shout out. <laughs> the sauna that I got right. sent to you. We'll yeah. do it next. We'll do it. We'll do it two weeks I'll from start now. the okay. episode in the sauna next time. Yeah, okay, That's okay. It. All, right. all right, let's okay. definitely Proper, do that. give a tour. I'll do the features, benefits, yeah. all of that stuff. <laughs> SWOT analysis right. of the Indeed. sauna. Yeah. Wait, Blau, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. So the sauna works. No, I was just saying, no. I mean, there's a famous Tony Robbins thing, which is like change your state, change your mind or whatever. You see him in the documentary jumping on the trampoline. And that actually, I mean, it looks stupid, but it, it works, man. And I had a guy, Ryan Beagleman, who's uh, the founder of Summit Series, good dude. And uh, we, we uh, did a pod and he was talking about how he would turn the light off in the shower and uh, just put music on and rave it out and that sounded ridiculous but also in i've tried it it works you just got to put your favorite tracks on just pretend you're in the in the nightclub just going wild so uh let's get that grinding going on trunk you my know reaction I mean? like is so Sean negative Paul to that going. that it must work though yeah. like yeah. My, like I, that is so contrary to the social contract i mean that must work but the last thing i'll say is this we're talking about changing mindsets Nothing changes your mindset like three scoops of C4 pre-workout. Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> pre pre-pod pre-pod. Yeah, that's okay. that's your supplement line there, Trung. It's, it's pre-workout just for Before, academic man. activities for writing. I've been seeing that tweet. everywhere now since you've since you said that too. Like in what, the free workouts in 
They put it in the fridge in the Target and stuff now. Bro. C4. Next Incredible. to a, next to a little can of Mountain Dew, you got the C4 there. there the Mountain go. Dew will probably fuck you up more than the C4 if we're being honest, man. I don't know. <laughs> All right, boys, let's yeah, get yeah. to it. Oh, sorry, go on, go on, Jack. <laughs> I was, I was just, yeah, I was just gonna look up the, uh, the caffeine content of a C4. All right, I'll fair, get back fair. To you on it. Yes, all right. Hey. I'm gonna start sharing my screen, and let's get to the agenda, boys. Let's get to edge of the internet vibes. Just old school NI, old school NI listeners will know that's where a lot of the alpha was dropped uh, from Jack. But I'm gonna pull up the AI thing here. So, one second. Let me just share my screen. We're not dropping alpha on this AI wave, but you can subscribe to a SaaS product that I've built <laughs> called B-E-A-R-L-Y dot AI. There we go. There we go. All right. So can you guys see my screen? Yeah. So okay. Aaron Levy, legendary CEO at Box, internet legend also. Let's just see. So this is an example of what is in the new chat GPT, yeah? Yeah. It can see and hear. Right, so there's a bicycle, took a picture of the bicycle, and now you can ask ChatTPC about this image. So it's like, help me lower my seat. This fucking right. music. Yeah. Yeah, the music is unnecessary. But it explains to you how to lower the seat. So, Bilal, can you actually pause that right there? I have a comment yeah. about this. Gone. What idiot doesn't know how to lower their seat? <laughs> yeah. Listen, bro. I thought this was a very really weak true. example, yeah. let's be honest. If you yeah. can't lower your seat on a bicycle, you got bigger problems than, hey, man, like AI is augmenting my this life. Is a, this is a very yeah. small Venn diagram, yeah, right? Bro. Somebody not using chat GPT and can't do that. But, you know, it would have been a good example of this. I was thinking, imagine if you just, this is like the uh, take a picture of your fridge and say, what can I make? Mm. Oh, be good. yeah, yeah, yeah. They mentioned that. Yeah, they mentioned that. Oh, did so, they? Yeah. So a couple of things that I want to point out is this is called multimodal, uh, a modal, uh, a multi uh, means different types of inputs, obviously multiple, and modal means a type of input, image, te image or like text. So I'm gonna spell <laughs> out my tea there, man. I'm making blood uh, spit out his tea. Also, what um, happened there? What is that? I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah, but so other than the example, though, I want to get your first reactions. Uh, a truly useful assistant. So Blau who used to work for a small search engine company uh, that has an assistant. First of all, the reason I'm bringing up Google Assistant is not to troll Bilal, but that too, that's secondary. Primarily, Bilal talked about Google Assistant path. Bilal, you used Google Assistant, right? Oh, like Do a long time ago, yeah, yeah. But I think oh, the, the, what they should really be, to, the, the thing to compare it to now is Bard, I guess, would because Bard is integrated with Google Search. No, but so I mean, the point is that it's on your phone, right? Yeah, this yeah, is yeah, you're right. Assistant. Assistant. So ChatGPC is basically saying, hey, check out this app, which is like your life assistant. If yeah. you can't lower your seat, A, like fix your life, but B, this is also how to do it. So Yeah. And so just so for people who didn't see the visual, there was a picture. Someone took a picture of the camp, uh, of their bike and said, how can I lower the bike seat? And then through the video, they're going to be asking more questions, more questions. Yeah, it's so conversational. Conversational, yeah. So, it's supposed to be like the holy grail of these assistants. Yeah. So which oh, is, this is what I'm good. I'm about to ask you, Google Assistant, like what do you yeah. think? Well, Google Assistant compared to this is nothing, right? Like this, if this actually works, obviously this is a demo. Be interesting to see it in the field with lots of different use cases. But this is what Assistant should have been, right? Like this conversational thing. I think the only times I saw that work quite well was when you did stuff like you, it's tied to your calendar and your email and it knows you're going. Like, for example, I knew I was going to Midtown in Manhattan for a meeting at 1 p.m., and at 12 o'clock, it would ping me and say, there's traffic, you need to leave earlier or something like that. That was kind of inter That's interesting use case. That's quite assistant -y. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was, G you know, you're using Geo, you're using Gmail, you're using Calendar. So that's quite an interesting example. But this is like really next level. It's like, if it works, you you're going to speak to it back and forth, back and forth. So yeah, very, yeah. very cool. Well, here's what I bring up. The reason I'm bringing up Google Assistant, and we're going to get Jack's reaction shortly after this comment, is... First of all, Google's releasing their own version of GPT-4, Gemini. It's coming out later this year. Yeah. It's going to be doing that. It's going to be integrated into the Android phones. Mm. And then who's the biggest beast of them all? You know, the iPhone is going to have this? A series the biggest running joke for the past decade. Yeah. But this is so easy for Apple to scoop, right? They should be scooping because They have Siri the camera technology. <laughs> yeah, they have. It's a total dog, right? But they have the camera technology. They have yeah. the crazy uh, chip inside the phone that can process this locally. Yeah. So... My takeaway from that this is incredible. cool. You're, 
I, I think, G, first of all, the problem with this, I think we kind of talked, Jack mentioned at the top is, first of all, this example is so anodyne. The first time you do this example and it gives you some shit response, you're done. You're, you're never using stop that. Using it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you're going yeah. to stop using this use case. So I, this is my prediction. Apple will release this feature in two years. It's going to blow this out of the water. And people are going to try this. They're going to fail the first couple of times and just give up. Jack thoughts. Mm. Yeah, I, th I think it was a bad... It, the, all of these things, when the first iteration of it comes out, the people that make the best use of it are like the mega edge cases. Yeah. And I guess because they're trying to market it as a mass... a product for mass consumption, they use an example like that. But I think even majority of people would have this reaction to like watching that video would make you think this is dumb. Like, <laughs> well, Trung's, I mean? Trung's like, uh, your reaction was I'm the talking, person is dumb, but yeah, close. No, the, no, I'm saying the, the, like the Venn diagram of like person who wants to use chat GPT and person mm. who like, I need to move this thing and I'm not able to just, look at what is connected to it and investigate yeah yeah look at the instructions or what because the, the instructions next part aren't of the video helping you do it right it's like well, unless the say... thing is like coming out of the phone and adjusting the saddle you're not really getting yeah any... yeah well the, well, the only image the... is not necessary in that one either it's like how do i, well, adjust I say the, the thing is here the, the the next part of the video he it says like i need a i've got this tool what do i use and it's like you don't need that you need an allen wrench or something like that so I would say like, for example, this next to me is this uh, bed that comes down from the wall. It took me several weeks of work connecting the springs. And it was because it was in the middle of the pandemic, we couldn't get access to stuff. And I, it would have been cool to be like, this is what I've got, help me figure it out. But th that was also because I'm stupid. Either. Yeah, I, that's and it wouldn't true, have been able to do that. It was like some niche product. It's like a bike saddle is like, it can Google. That's true, that's uh, true. 99% of bike saddles have an Allen wrench and a, like some kind of clamp, yeah. loosen it, move the saddle, You're and then right. tighten yeah. it. Yeah, the, the helpful part is when it's actually completely custom, and most of the time it won't work for that. But that's why I think it would be cool. No, that but that's why cool. it gets interesting, right? Like, you know, at, like, here's what's funny about the Apple. The Apple iPhone 15, which somehow we haven't talked about at all, is uh, they have always on mode, right? Android had that 10 years ago. <laughs> so <laughs> Apple is taking their sweet time. You know what I mean? So Apple is going to come through, though, so hard on this. But uh, would you guys agree, though, the first the, the thing is, the real winner of this demo from ChatGPT or the AI newsletters, all right? <laughs> those, <laughs> those MFs, those are the real winners. Because I can tell you right now, as someone that has done zero coding but has a co-founder that has done uh, uh, this API for all these AI products, we know what people use our app for. Like, it is none of these crazy, like, features you think about. It is literally, like edit this for me, reword this for me. It's like, it's the nitty gritty of your daily life that you use it for, right? And until this thing is automatic, until everything that Jack said about, take a picture of my fridge, here's the thing, and you can trust it's gonna give you a recipe that isn't like poison. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, that yeah. is still so far away from happening. That and that's how I felt about, we talked about it with the Web3 stuff. The, the AI stuff is way, further down the line than the web free stuff but like we've always talked about it's like the actual use cases that make your life better make your life easier make things faster whatever and yeah i mean like you said this example is an interesting one but it's not yeah i think we need more examples essentially so uh yeah definitely well the only thing i'll say on the apple thing man is the as like, if they lean into the chat gpt capabilities and chat gpt does an amazing job which i'm sure they will then yeah but like if it's on Apple to make it a good search, essentially, they haven't got a good track record of that because serious shit, like the, the way they, their basic stuff that should be way better is terrible. So that's, that, that's the only thing I'd say is that it has to be tightly integrated. And the way Apple is, they don't always love taking other people's stuff. They kind of want to do their own stuff most of the time. So oh, yeah, it'll be, they'll, they'll it will be a, interesting. You're right. They have to do it internally. I think Google Maps is a great example. When yeah. Apple Maps came out a decade ago, it was shit. Google was infinitely better, but Apple's like, this is important because this is actually a, a, a huge use case for the phone that we don't want dis intermediated from us. Right. So they actually, so they typically will not release a shittier product on the phone. They want the best of the best because they sell that hardware, right. To justify America, but they ate it. They, they released their shittier maps and it took them like five years, but arguably 
Apple I Maps. I remember you saying this last week, yeah. and I didn't want to go off a Bro. whole tangent saying that Apple Maps is better because I disagree. It's but... dead. Go cook. No, no, cook. I mean that's it. Honestly, that is it. I said that to uh, my girlfriend. She was like, "What? Wait, is, do you don't agree? You no, know the no, Apple Maps? I, just, I, I actually don't love Google Maps nowadays because they when they changed from um there was like an old maps i loved it was the best and then they changed to like this vector thing where it was smoother and you could zoom in and out more and it was like 3d rendering look cool but like there's weird things google maps does like i'll search for coffee shop near me uh and then it will zoom out out of nowhere and show me the whole of the us i'm like what the hell does this uh, you know who how wouldn't do that work? apple apple that's true that. they figure it out but they'll send you, you to what? antarctica you know, <laughs> bro, the 3D is a great. Uh, let me just pin it with this. The 3D is a great analogy. 3D sounds cool. Yeah, but right? I don't you're know like, what oh my god, you for. 3D rendered the city. The first time you look at it, it would demo great, right? It'd be 90 second clip on Twitter, people lose their mind. I've never used that 3D feature. It's I just, think the only thing. Flat. Yeah, I agree. I don't. I don't use it for normal stuff, but I think the only time it's helpful is where they started creating these renders where you can basically be walking through like a place like that. Oh, right, right, right. So it was using the rendering and using Street View. That was actually kind of cool, but that has only come out recently, I think. Anyway, let's let's move on to the next one, I think, because uh, it's a related topic. This was Daniel Ek sharing a new thing on Spotify here. So one second, I'm going to share my screen. Uh, well, anything else on that before I share this, boys? Yeah, super last thing. The only, Go on. the only one thing I'll say is like, if you do crack... Uh, this use case, the way that kind of Jack mentioned it, like the, a true bike fixing experience. I mean, that's one of the greatest things about YouTube, right? It's a do-it-yourself stuff. Even though it's not specific to your thing, you can basically find the solution to anything on YouTube. And I think the unlock that YouTube did for education, it's people understand it. it's like, it's on par with the printing press, right? Like that tactile, I mean, how often have stuff you got out yourself? Yeah. Or like, anything that's visual right all that knowledge that gets lost because people otherwise don't you when you read something it means nothing right you see the visual you get it immediately that thing that's the ultimate unlock of what chat gpd is doing whether or not uh they deliver uh in a timely fashion before google or apple i think that's the question yeah yeah and it's also like this is the say to Bilal's point about consumer use cases for crypto it's the same thing it's like trying to make the leap from the hobbyist to the normal person and and like you say chat gpt now is mostly used by technology obsessed ai newsletter writers right it's like this closed loop <laughs> a very help me summarize my ai newsletter <laughs> and then i'm gonna like help me write my ai newsletter yeah. Yeah. write it right. write it <laughs> summarize it for me and then rewrite it to a summer <laughs> turn yeah. it into so, a twitter thread yeah the whole the whole thing is run on ai incredible it's yeah. funny man and and, and maybe in the same way it's like when it's abstracted away that's more likely to be the the bigger use case for it when it's powering stuff versus it being the front end. Because if the, if the usefulness of the product like relies on the imagination of the consumer, you're buggered basically. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. You're buggered. All right. Talking a bugger. Let's get on. That was a good way to sum that up, mate. Like it. I'm going to share Daniel X. Let's actually watch this video. It's only 27 seconds. Um, one second. Can you guys see that? Okay. Yeah. And Stephen Bartlett's crushing it, man. Stephen Bartlett, your yeah, boy. Are you, are you, did you talk about I you? I did some illustrations for his book. Who's Stephen Bartlett? Sexy millionaire. Diary of a CEO. He has another company, that Web3 company, and he had an agency, Social I'm Chain, Googling I think, him, man. that did well. Yeah, he's got the number one podcast in, in Europe, basically. So it's called Diary of a CEO. Stephen, put us on, bro. Come on, here, man. Pump here we us, go. bro. <laughs> yeah. Come Pump on, us. man. All right, here we go. This is from Daniel Ek. Let's watch it. And listen, if you're listening. When you say the word toxicity, how are you defining that? You're, you're saying like toxic chemicals, chemicals que introducimos en nuestras vidas, en Yo. nuestra piel, consumimos, <laughs> inhalamos. It sounds like his accent too, that's mental, isn't it? Y que están en nuestros alimentos, etc. Exactly. Lex. How do you think? O sea, a modo de consejo, ya que lo estamos platicando, a diario, ¿qué opinas sobre los problemas difíciles del mundo? Anyway, so that's 27 seconds, but... Oh, so Stephen Bartlett, dude, you were talking about him. He, uh, so quick primer for Stephen Bartlett was a, I had mentioned, big business guy in the UK is, uh, 
the my takeaway from what Bilal told me is this: he spent like a hundred k on the camera equipment. He's like, if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do it right. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah He's the guy he who totally went hard. Blew up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, he he's the, did a great job of sharing that as well. I don't personally listen to the show that much, but it's a really big, massive show, and they do an amazing job. The production is like ten out of ten, and then now they've gone from like CEOs to they've got like footballers and like people. Big okay, well, Stephen, like let that. me ask you this: Have you ever filmed in a helicopter above the Golden Gate Bridge? <laughs> yeah, have you done yeah. that, Stephen Bartlett? Yeah, there we go. But what what I'll say: There's a couple. There's a nice little message he posted after. Uh, where he basically responded to Daniel Eck and said, I realize this is not a use case you guys are solving for, but I promised my partner I would learn Spanish this year. Shout out to his Spanish-speaking partner this year so I could speak to her parents who only speak Spanish and they've never oh, been able to listen to the podcast, essentially. They're now listening to the podcast and there's a screenshot of of uh, from his partner saying, my mum listened to the pod yesterday. She loves it. My dad is watching. The classic dad and mum screenshot. Well, I've done, remember when I used to do those for Creator Lab where my dad will be roasting people on the pod? Uh, that always <laughs> works, man. Great engagement. But anyway. I just um, followed uh, Stephen, by the way. Stephen, if you're listening to this on the infinitesimal chance you are, follow me back, brother. I got twice as many Twitter follows you. So yeah. <laughs> you're, you're in my river now buddy yeah you there got the go. podcast game yeah. but you coming up to twitter son you coming to the x app we in my arena now you just starting beef with stephen barley yeah. here we go well i will say i think um our boy george used to work with him back in the day uh, as mm. well i think he worked at his agency that's probably where well, viral boys trade yeah exactly exactly and he used to work with uh sean puri friend of the pod as well so you got uh, all he's the kind of been being Tactic. in there yeah and daniel senra our boy just responded to this saying that daniel, is incredible david senra come david, on david sorry i've been using <laughs> the wrong words yo david man sorry bro yo <laughs> Rafa, can you edit sorry. wait can we use, yeah. the use the spotify to change <laughs> to david senra but all jokes aside, boys i mean for people who've only heard that you probably got it but there's a there's a video of the guys speaking English and they directly translate it to Spanish and it sounds like them very very good very high quality um, that that was actually pretty impressive I wonder what it would be like with us to can you imagine doing it in you speak Vietnamese yeah can you speak like Vietnamese I spell, uh, let me quote you what the cab driver in Vietnam told me you speak Vietnamese like a white guy yeah well, exactly me my or hey, by the, the way same. maybe one good. Uh good real world example for this didn't mr beast yeah uh, hit this point this inf this like stagnation point or or uh you know plateau where yeah. he's like all right uh, we're gonna just have all of this stuff translated into the top 10 yep. consumed languages on youtube yeah Dude. he didn't hit a plateau he saturated every single english speaker in the world. <laughs> <laughs> he's like every single person in the world that speaks english was already subscribed to his channel well, that's a plateau that's yeah. a different kind of plateau <laughs> that we so, experienced so he's like uh no you're right he he went this is the crazy thing what mr beast did we, we talked about ad nauseum here he spends he spends every single dollar back into his youtube videos just give me an example of how far this guy takes it he went to japan found the number one voice artist. The guy had done all the animes and it was like, Hey dude, like I love your anime uh, stuff. Like can you just do my, my stuff? They paid him probably God knows Crazy how much money, money yeah. but made it all back obviously. But he's uh, exactly like Jack Incredible. said, the next, next 10 languages, which wait, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's English, Spanish, it's probably Urdu's up there, Hindi, Japanese, the most monetizable, like Vietnamese has 100 million speakers, it's not super monetizable, right? And, uh, and, uh, yeah, genius. But well, let me bring in, go ahead, Jack. No, you carry on, finish your. I was point. gonna say, business wise, so let me put on my MBA hat and CFA for people that don't know, I have a CFA. <laughs> didn't pay the dues though. Yeah, didn't pay the dues though, so I'm a lapsed member. But here go, here goes Jack. Okay. So Jack on his Jamie, Jack. Yeah. It's turning I'm into just Jamie. Putting context beautiful. up there. I'm not trying to get you interrupt you, but no, go ahead. No, great. Uh, so That's Jack helpful. has uh, the top ten most spoken languages. Uh, oh damn, Spanish is more than English. That makes sense. That makes sense. Latin America. Yeah, and, but uh, I think that says a. I always doubt that, somebody's that's primary language. No, yeah, you're, exactly. you're talking about what's the this lingua is Google, franca. We can't trust this, yeah, boys. Yeah. That's true, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's big game, man. Yo, that's from Babel. I think that's a SaaS app. 
but, uh, no. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Some <laughs> SEO dude has got yeah. them to rank in the top of Google yeah. for that. No, to sell I, think, SaaS I think by far, if you count the second <laughs> language, it is English because every every major second language is English because it's a lingua yeah. franca. What would Michael Saylor say, Trung? Yeah. Yo, Rafa, can you run the clip? We ask Michael Saylor <laughs> once a week. Run the clip. 2022, we go, Michael. What is your advice for somebody uh, that uh, is coming up in the game? He goes, learn to speak English. You can sell your service for more. People are willing to pay more. Man, like truth, right? It's true. Although yeah. he took he took a shot of Swahili. People, I didn't agree with that. I didn't agree with that. Beautiful language. Yeah, beautiful mm -hmm. language. First, you need a basic set of skills. The ba the basic tools you need to get by in the modern world would be English. Uh, important <laughs> to build a code, right? Uh, some computer science or uh, be computer literate, be uh, be English literate, because anything you sell in the world will sell for a higher price in English. Anything you buy, you'll buy for a lower price in English. So it's a universal protocol. But uh, last thought, let me put on my CFA hat for Spotify. Listen, people, I'm wired. I, I took the pre-workout and I did 100 burpees before this fucking it, it, podcast. I'm tired right now. All right, so the NBA angle is this. What was Spotify's problem always with their music business model? We talked about this. They got to pay out 70% of that revenue in royalties. Like Bilal knows this. He knows the game. This is why they spend a billion on podcasts, right? They spend a billion on podcasts because they get to own that stuff. It's a lot, right? Like they spent 500 million on like Joe Rogan, the ringer. Call her daddy. Uh, call her daddy, Alice Cooper. Those are licensed. I think Joe Rogan still owns his IP, but that gets subscribers in. But then they built these platforms like, uh, what is it about Anchor? Can you? Yeah, can I you... think they maybe even acquired Anchor, or they Megaphone. built that. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. They, no, they, yeah, they acquired Anchor Megaphone, let idiots like us like self distribute on Spotify. And then they get. Though we all don't the use margin. them, but some yeah. people do, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we don't and use them, but podcasting is a is a the most decentralized media format that exists today, probably. Newsletters, true. I think newsletters, newsletters first. Up oh, there too, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. On it's kind of quick because a lot of people ask me about podcasts. No I, yeah, the discoverability, but it's also just like this podcast and Create Lab. They listen to on like literally like more than a hundred apps, and like maybe there's a twenty rule of everything where. Apple, Spotify, basically take up most of that. But there's literally, I mean, for me on Crate on Crate Lab, there's literally one like called Castbox and like these Android mm. apps, these random Alexa, ones. Alexa, they're listening to it on and stuff. There yeah. we go. Yeah, exactly. Tune in radio back in the day as well uh, on the Sirius radio. Serious XFM. XM, exactly. I'm getting no, that <laughs> three letters a week from those guys. Exactly. Wait, what, what, what are the letters? What are the letters? Sign up for Sirius XFM oh. to like in the car or whatever. They just oh, never like ever take post. you off the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're Physical just mail in. still works. Wait, so the whole point is that Spotify is trying to increase the inventory of this content where they get to own and monetize way yeah. better, right? So like instead of giving up seventy percent to Drake or The Weekend, uh, they give up maybe twenty thirty on the rev share. But uh, I think it's a no brainer. I actually don't know how big. I mean, let's be honest. It should be huge for NIA. Like, enough people aren't listening. Like, if you're an English speaker and you're not listening to NIA, like, what are you, what are you even doing? That's true. Life? So, really, like, they must be yeah. the people asking for the help on the yes. bike. Same yeah. people. I grab people not listening to NIA and the people that need help, like, adjusting the seat height. It's 100%. Yeah, that's exactly. you. All right. So, nah. uh, that's a good news piece. Man, I, this, this has been hype, boys. I don't remember being this hype on an app. This is great. I was gonna, I was gonna say the uh, was kind of the sailor point, but there's a Navalism too. The best person in the world gets to do it for everyone. Oh yeah, that's previously that's there was a language barrier involved in that exchange or that transaction or that service, right? And if this stuff does live up to, it's hard for me to judge because I only speak English. I'm a pleb, so I'm not gonna be able to compare and contrast the before and after. But if the listening experience is, you know, if if the banter of NIA is translated into every language in the world, that's it, game changer. Us? That's it. That's it. Dude, that's it. Power, but that's, power laws. But exactly. you have to say comedy, not that we are comedians, but the laugh, like laughter, comedy, mm, jokes. Very culturally. Niche. That might be the last five percent. You know what I mean? Because there's so much of it is about saying the exact right word with timing. 
Yeah, imagine like, like if a CEO of Ron in Spanish. In Spanish, <laughs> can you imagine that? Well, he Wait, is half Venezuelan, right? Is he half Venezuelan? Yeah, yeah or yeah. Uh, Nicaragua. Nicaragua. Okay, Nicaraguan. Yeah, yeah where, am I, where, where am I? I'm not going to say it, but you <laughs> yeah. got to That's what he said before you <laughs> yeah. get cancelled. Yeah. Wait, hold on a second. Let me see something, though. <laughs> Sorry, I'll just say you got the fear in your eyes as you realize yeah. what you're about to say there. I'm like, I can't yeah. say it, guys. I can't say it because that will be misconstrued. And you just see the fear in my eyes. But let me say one thing. I agree with Bilal. Comedy is very difficult to transport across uh, uh, cultures. This is why actually low-budget comedies do not do well as low-budget horror, right? Horror. That shit works everywhere, man. The Ring, that shit is scary no matter what the language is, right? I'll tell you what else. Here's another thing, though. Comedy is hard to transport along cultures. I'll tell you one comedy bit that works in every culture. If you don't know how to adjust the seat of your bike seat, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. That's and simple enough in Spanish. Yeah. There you, you know, go. Listen, whatever language that is, that joke is hidden. So, uh, man, we're on fire right now. Boy. Right, <laughs> Trunk's so wide. Yeah, Trunk, did you actually do any burpees today? Oh, Old I did 100 burpees. Yeah, legit. You actually did 100. Yeah, but it did those lazy ones. You know, not the ones where you do the push-ups, but like- That's a lot, hundreds a lot. You fly, yeah, but you're doing the one with the flat to the ground. Like if I do 50, I'll do the proper push-up ones. But know, I okay. go 100, I'm gonna cheat a bit. I'm do you know like, what? It reminds me, on TikTok, one of my favorite accounts right now is a guy in the middle of the street and he just stop. You know those stop people in the street, TikToks or YouTube or whatever. He stops people and he goes, you look jacked. What do you do to work out? And it's a, it's a brilliant piece of- like uh social engineering here because it's like if you tell someone oh you look so fit you're so jack like who doesn't want to stop and be like oh i'll tell you how many push-ups i could do <laughs> and then they then one guy was like i could do 120 pull-ups and he goes i'll bet my life you can't do 120 pull-ups right now and he oh. makes him go and he, he goes to like some scaffolding and he does about 12 which is still pretty good because like anything above 20 is crazy but Dude, um, pretty hold funny. On. Have you guys seen Vitaly? He did the original, right? Do you even work out, bro? Oh, that's Dude, incredible. Dude, what yeah, the classic. The, okay, I know he got canceled, but I'm just saying, those early Vitaly bits, like, first of all, he dressed up as freaking uh, Jason from Friday 13 with a chainsaw. This motherfucker was chasing people with a chainsaw <laughs> for YouTube clicks, all right? So, but his, his whole bit about do you even work out, bro, is one of the, it's one of the greatest- Became culture, right? Yeah. Yeah. But that's one of the best things. I, I always judge like comedy or something like on how many things become part of general oh, life. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you'll reference it. You know what I mean? Do you like, even there's work a few. Up, bro? Everyone do you knows. Do work out? Or there's a few Chris Rock ones which I can't say on the pod, but just yeah, also, you'll be you like, were, oh yeah, there you go. But that's, you were less scared than me with the Theo Vaughn word, which we're not going to mention. You people <laughs> listening, you can Google that. All right? Yeah, I'm yeah. Not, <laughs> I got to wipe the kid, man. I can't get canceled. All right, people. <laughs> Talking again, cancelled. Let's get back to the agenda. Yeah. Here we go. So, end of the writer strike. Good chat on AI, yeah. boys. I think yeah, we did well there. That was good. There we go. The writer strike is over, and uh, talking again, cancelled. Um, yeah. So there's there's that, and also Netflix retires DVDs. They cancelled. Yeah, this is perfect. The oh DVDs. Jesus, wow. Like, I'm You're really on a roll fire here. Right now. Keep going. Go. Right, Let's uh, do those two together. I, I'm pretty sure my missus, her parents in California, were Netflix DVD subscribers until school, whenever yeah. they canceled that it. generation. Well, this week, this is the end, people. But actually, let's talk about it up front because I think this is a good throwback for all of us. Going to the Blockbuster or the off-key brand. Do you remember the one closest to you? Like, Jack, was there one near you where you live? Where were you in Swindon? Blocks or away from yeah, me. yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't a Blockbuster. It was like, what was it yeah. called? Like, some I don't know video videos for you Pat's videos video universe yeah. Video, <laughs> yeah, video universe yeah and then they got the back area if you're if you're 12 oh, yeah, where, the, where the uh the the curtain is right there you, we go you accidentally stumble in there and uh Oops. And like you see your you see your dentist there, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. so yeah so, <laughs> like a little 12 year old trunk yeah, jumping in there I had a well I'll tell you what I I mean dude I was rolling into like London Drugs is like a pharmacy. They used to have Playboys on the bottom racks. Huge mistake, man. I was just like, yo, I'm like, listen. He's just people, staring. No, no. I, I mean, listen, it's there. All right? That's I'm what it's there the for. Proprietor. I am yeah. not the proprietor, okay? I'm not the one that's responsible for this. But uh, no, like Blockbuster game, I had one 10 blocks away from me. Shout out to 38th and Arbutus Blockbuster. Uh, I used to go, hey, let, me, let me ask you this, Bilal. You're, you're, you're the child, uh, a son of an immigrant. Uh, 
how much video <laughs> rental was the parenting game? My parents literally just like, this is how we socialize them. Take them to Blockbuster to get five movies. Oh, watch five yeah, movies yeah. a weekend. That's how they- mine was the, we were a little poor back then. So we would uh, download illegally, but it was, it was also like, you know, there was still someone selling the, the fake bootleg DVDs. Oh, that was huge. In Cause Vietnam, otherwise it was a bit, and I'm pretty sure pretty young. I just remember, you know, the CD case where you open the zip and you just oh, have yeah. like all the CDs. I had that. And so my brother, uh, or like, yeah, they would download it off, you know, Kazar or whatever. And so and there's I did always go, one uncle but... that has like five of those cases, right? Uncle and Mustafa. When you borrow it, yeah, he gets mad yeah. at you. He's like, hey, <laughs> listen, you can borrow two, but I want these back next week, right? He's, it's like, he, nah, I had yeah, 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 yeah. And then they accidentally give you the wrong one. And then you never <laughs> give that one back because mm -hmm. it was from the back area of the blockbuster. <laughs> but no, there was also chipping. Did you guys chip your Playstations? Do you remember this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. to play the illegal shit. Yeah, and we would go to Pakistan. Yeah. yeah, and you'd buy like every game for like one pound, 100 rupees. And you come back and then that's Mustafa was the guy in Wolfhamstone Market. You'd go to him. He had a little apartment up, a flat. Chip the PlayStation upstairs. for you. Chip it for you. I don't know you. if you guys know yeah. this, but the Incredible. PlayStation and, was and so jailbreak powerful. Jailbreak your phone, but like, oh, jailbreak yeah. the phone. <laughs> no, quick thought about the PlayStation. I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but the PlayStation was so powerful when it came out that people wanted the US to put like an. Like an, I love how gets that in. fun fact fan in there. Yeah. They, so it was so powerful that like. If Japan was able to ship this to like the Middle East to like Pakistan, they could use it for like nuclear guidance missiles. And they're like, that's how powerful it was versus like the chip at the. So, anyways, man, not shocking, right? It's like it's the gaming industry. But back to yeah, let's talk uh, about the the right track. Trung, you're our resident no, but let's Hollywood writer. Oh, right, Netflix on. DVDs is ending. Yeah. This week, so I have to ask you guys: When's the last time you guys forget Blockbuster? So we know Netflix took out Blockbuster, right? What was the biggest problem? With Blockbuster, there's stupid late fees, and they used to hit people with late fees. So Blockbuster, the Netflix is like easy. We'll ship it to you, no late fee. The easiest counter positioning ever, right? How do you roll? You get the most annoying thing somebody does, the least customer friendly thing. You do the complete opposite of it. So and they realize, hey, we have the internet. So. I've asked you guys, do you guys ever actually order Netflix DVDs? I don't actually remember doing it. No, I never did. Maybe maybe like when it was a free trial back when it first happened. I did it with Love Film, back. which was the UK version, mm. I think, equivalent of okay. that. But I okay. was in the UK, so there wasn't Netflix in the UK. In fact, I was on the the team that helped launch Netflix in the in the UK on the affiliate side randomly. But that I remember what that was What company were you like, working for? I was still at Google, but it was a Google okay, affiliate network, which what was quite funny. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I want yeah. you to say it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I was so earnest in my response. I was yeah. like, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was Google. But, uh, but no, but I remember when that came, because I, I remember coming to the States, seeing my uncle with, with Netflix in Queens and being like, wow, this is amazing. And, and I was like, how does this work? And like, oh, how does this even stream that fast? Like it's in HD. It just didn't make sense to me. And then it just, it, it was actually fairly, I think it was like 2012 or yeah, 2012, I think it launched in Europe. I could be wrong on that, but yeah, I Did don't you, think uh, it was there before. Look, you actually pull up, uh, we don't have to play the audio. If you go to my second top tweet, sorry for asking you this. I showed the machine that they invented. It's called an automated rental return machine. So I'll give you guys a little bit of fun fact fan on this. So DVD business blows up, right? Uh, they get up to 20 million subscribers, make a billion dollars a year shipping DVDs. And this is the machine uh, they had to invent. Look at that thing. So the, before this machine, the average the person, the gigapress, before the machine, the average person could un, uh, open up 600 uh, DVDs. Think, man, last year, Jack was talking about the car factory. How grim is it to open 600 DVD things an hour? Your fingers Think would be about buggered, that. man. That'd Your be fingers, crazy. bro. So this machine does uh, six times it. 3,500. It has the, according to New York Times, the precision of a Swiss watch manufacturer. So it got no discs wrong. It spotted defects, perfectly sorted the discs, but uh, obviously this led to job loss because they bought 200 of these machines and uh, they had 50 people, only had 50 people building this business that served 20 million subscribers and shipped at its peak 1.5 million DVDs a week. Uh, Lifetime shipping is 5 billion DVDs. But as we all know, in one of the greatest business pivots ever, Reed Hastings, who is an internet entrepreneur, 
before he started Netflix, it was a physical business. He knew in the late nineties that streaming was coming. Just the technology there to build a, a broadband infrastructure wasn't there, but he knew it was coming. So they disrupted themselves. They went straight to streaming and, uh, over the past decade, business has gone from a billion dollars a year to a hundred million, which still blows people's minds. I put that thread up and people were like, Netflix made 150 mil on their DVD business last year. So crazy. Well, in 2022, that. they made that. 2022. Wow. That's crazy. Like, oh, it's crazy, dude. And uh, so Redbox, which does the vending machine DVD sales, they tried to buy Netflix uh, DVD business like half a dozen times. Netflix like, yeah, fuck it. We're not going to give these guys any more mind share. Like, if you want uh, videos, go to streaming. But um, we shut it down officially this week. People are quite sad. Uh, like, I mean, Bilal, you mentioned your parents delivered DVDs. A lot of, like, older cats are doing that. Uh, and, and here's the reality, though. The selection on Netflix kind of sucks, if we're being honest. The DVD the movies, selection the movies, yeah, yeah, yeah. is 100,000 DVDs, dude. The Netflix movie selection, they don't actually say, but people think it's 10% of that, five to 10,000. Mm. So like the, oh, actual, wow. like, the yeah, stuff too. there is something culturally that's actually being hit here. It's not just like, uh, Oh, there's shut. Yeah. Is that a different this. licensing deal too? Cause they, it's very different. You, yeah. You it's negotiate very different. differently with a studio, right? You could just yeah. buy those things and let them out. Cause no one else is competing on DVD. <laughs> so they can, yeah. they can just own that. But I'm assuming versus like HBO, everyone's fighting for the same stuff on the other and, side. And they're not, or maybe they are, but that like, it feels like once one's in circulation, it stays in circulation versus the streaming where you do a deal to show this movie for two months in this region for Netflix subscribers versus you buy the inventory and then you loan it out four times and it's just pure yeah. upside after that over and over and over and over. It's actually uh, the, the DVD thing. Uh, people brought up a good point though in the replies. They're like, listen, this is like 0.5% of their business. It's just not even worth it for them. But sadly, culturally, and we're going to get into now, uh, Blau, do you have the writer's strike? Can you give us some details of what happened? I don't know anything about writer's strike okay. apart from that ended. So yeah. Good you thing uh, Good thing I did 100 burpees <laughs> because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm wired right now. Yeah. So people, uh, uh, as mentioned, there's a dual strike going on with uh, the producers in uh, Hollywood. So that's all the major studios. Um, so what's crazy about this the strike that we have talked about is you got you had like Bob Iger, uh, Ted Sarandos uh, from Netflix. You had uh, David Zaslav from Warner Brothers. They're all on conference calls. Like I love, I just love the idea that these guys are trying to end it because those are all the hitters, right? And uh, well, I don't love it. Like people don't think I'm trying to support them. Don't think I'm like crossing the picket lines here. But there are three main points about this strike. They called it the Netflix strike, right? Because one of the biggest points that people are complaining about, the actors are also on strike and they're also complaining about Netflix, is Netflix streaming, as Jack kind of alluded to, is a black box on metrics. Listen, DVDs, very simple metrics. How many times did this DVD turn, right? It's pretty simple. How many times people still, read this DVD? There's still only one royalty transaction on the DVD, right? Right. It's a, that, that's the thing. You do that transaction. How many times did this thing get purchased? Or like, like how many people purchased it, period, right? So, but it's very clear. It's so clear cut what that is. Streaming, very different. For Netflix, you have to remember, Netflix releases contents for three reasons. A, they release it to get new subscribers. B, they release it to stop churn. Uh, and, and three, they release it to maybe upgrade people from the levels. So there's many reasons why a piece of content is released or brought onto the platform. So like, you might bring on a show like Drive to Survive, and no one in the house may even watch it. They may have subscribed because like there are people working, telling them, Hey, you have to watch this, but like they actually never even watching, but they'll watch something else on the platform. So how do you ascribe that unit of content? You know what I mean? It's like, it is actually kind of tricky. They say it's black boxy, but also to their benefit because they get to do their business model where they pay people a shit ton of money up front, but zero upside. Like, Jerry Seinfeld making a hundred million dollars a year or fifty million dollars a year from Seinfeld because of syndication on cable. That's never happening anymore. And again, like we talked about, Jack kind of mentioned, it's like that's a simple syndication is so simple, right? How many stations around in North America are paying us X amount for this, right? That's a done deal. So they call this a Netflix strike because every time there's a big transition in media consumption, so the last one that this happened on was just things going online. Uh, and uh, that was the last strike was 2008. And they were asking is like, what, they never resolved it. They're basically saying, what do we get from streaming? 
So this this actually kind of resolved it. So the that was the first main point. Can we get a piece of this metric pie? So it sounds like the studios have have actually are I mean, agreed. But you want to be more transparent about exactly. They're going to agree to some level of transparency, but like frankly, it'll probably still be pretty opaque. But they're at least they're acknowledging that it's transparent. Oh, like it needs to be more transparent. The other two pieces of the puzzle, which we did talk about, is like the writers want to deal with AI, right? So it sounds like where they've gone with AI is the studios are allowed to experiment with AI, but every show or, or movie has to be credited to a human. So if that means an AI writes an entire script, a human still has to be in the loop. So they get financial benefit to your point. It's like, if they're, dude, imagine AI, you're cutting AI and then, they, hey, we have a transparent uh, <laughs> attribution model now, but now we're, <laughs> we're accrediting right. that to the AI, right? And then the last thing they did was, um, big thing in Hollywood is called writer's rooms. So for these TV shows is you get, you know, whatever. Daily show might have 15 writers. A succession might have 10 writers. But what what the writers wanted, they wanted a minimum number of writers on every show. It's a jobs program, essentially. Uh, I don't know. That Crazy. might be the most, yeah. The, that So basically the writers are coming out saying they got basically everything they wanted. So it looks like this five-month strike was quite beneficial to them. Um, but you know, but what do they agree to the terms for a period of time or just indefinitely, or that's like how we're going to do think it? The, for now? I think the agreement, yeah, the agreement will be for now. I'm sure there's some agreement how long, but the next technology change, I'm sure it'll be AI related. They might just strike again. Well, I think it might uh, also be, don't you think there's a chance that it could be distribution related? Like, I think at the one thing stopping this now is like, I'm always curious, why does YouTube not have? some of that activity you know like if i was a if i'm hbo I'm like all right we're just gonna distribute through youtube exclusively hbo is never gonna do that but like an up-and-coming production studio x youtube whatever if you like disintermediate the stu the permission level at the studio those platforms have built-in transparency like spotify you can't tr you can't if you're a musician you know how many t times people listen to your music we know how many people listen to this every week and we don't have a rely on a studio to report that way less than it should be right exactly <laughs> millions less than it should be <laughs> we're about to go on strike for five months listen i know we got listeners if you're not telling your friend if you're That's not like true. dropping our links in your whatsapp chat be like yo this is the funniest shit I've ever listened to. Yeah, what are you even doing? But no, Jack, you're right. Is a, a very interesting thing about this, to, to address your point directly, is this. Who will be the biggest players in this media ecosystem? To go round it, to go round yeah. this way of doing it's things Apple, too. Apple, right? Amazon, and YouTube, right? Guess what? Apple and Amazon, they're not part of these freaking producer guilds, right? So like this agreement, here's the larger picture. Like, Take the combined market cap of Netflix, Warner Brothers, uh, all the other studios is like $200 billion. That's 10% of Apple. You know what I mean? So like, that's the biggest, you nailed it. That's the biggest elephant in the room is. So, so Apple did, was Apple affected by the strikes? Yeah. They have to agree to like the, the writers can't write for Apple. Like they can't create new content for them basically. Cause they would be, in contravention of their agreement to the guild. Like I'm sure Apple's been involved in terms, but Apple itself is not part of the producers guild that I talked about with like Warner brothers, Disney mm. and uh, Netflix. But they just um, pull from the same talent pool basically. Yeah. So like they're involved, but like tangentially and obviously for them, they care that more content gets made. So I'm sure like they're like calling in and stuff right, like that. Right. Right. But um, so uh. the, the actor strike is still going on. They want, uh, the sticking point for them, they want 2% guaranteed of every production they do, but it goes back to what is 2% of what? Like, what are we talking about? This metric is so unclear. So, yeah, streaming is a, this is a takeaway we talked about a couple weeks ago. It was like, Disney going all in on streaming is probably the best example here because they destroyed the greatest business model ever, which was cable. Like, Cable TV, where you have all your networks, all your channels, and you force these cable providers to buy all your shitty little channels, and then you get paid carriage fees on them. Like, whatever, Disney had Disney Kids and, like, Nat Geo, like, FX. And, like, so wait, some of them are good, but you're paying for all of them. 
Like Disney's like, if you don't take this, you don't get ESPN, right? But now they went all on top on streaming. They underpriced themselves, to be honest, because now they keep raising prices. They look like asshats. But um, yeah, it's, listen, man, Jack knows this. Distribution wins. Distribution took out text. Distribution's fucking with music. Uh, distribution is coming for the next level of content, right? Which is like directors uh, and filmmaking. And uh, it just changes everything. How is how does long form content work on WeChat? You know, is it like an is there Netflix competitor built into that? I, I, that's a great question. You know, I don't know about that. I don't. I that feels to me. I don't know. That feels to me like uh, one potential path here is the transparency there, and this is the also the the use case for real time payments and settlement networks and all that. The idea that as the content is streamed, the revenue is streamed to the producers of that content. Oh, like real time. Yeah, it feels to like, you know, the monthly Stripe payout is the old version of check cashing in the in the long view of how value is settled in this environment. So like you will be you will post a tweet that gets 10 million views and your the balance of your Twitter account is just gonna accrue in real time with that same dopamine rush you're getting from the notifications is just going to be this revenue is just forking in all these different directions and from what i've read about like money as an information system or the elon school of thought on money feels to me like that's the direction right they've applied for all these money transmitter licenses and it feels like that transparency to Bilal's point a couple episodes ago doesn't matter what you're opinion of the platform is when you see that happening you want to be involved like oh i'm i'm spending my time creating stuff for this platform and i'm enriching oh you mean the football or the uh yeah, yeah, the european yeah. Like soccer the, yeah everybody is if you like you take screen time in aggregate like the casual twitter poster is now probably competing with small movie studios in terms of how much collective screen time they are capturing you know like these big twitter accounts that like take the tucker carlson thing that's like obviously the the, the pinnacle example yeah. that's what 10x the 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 dish the numbers he was getting on Fox yeah back probably in, more i think even more even yeah just not and i don't like it would be very interesting to see how the numbers compare as like just splitting revenue with twitter versus a tv contract I'm imagining well, that, they don't compare right now, but who knows? Yeah, over time. but that's a great point. I think you both brought up a point, which is kind of the economics of like content online versus the traditional, you know, media models like movies, TV shows, etc. And that's kind of just been a slow progression. And the way I would see it, the summary of it is they were potentially being overpaid or they now are being overpaid for essentially what funds it, which is ads. And in movie cases, people going to pay $15, $20 in a movie theater, right? Um, versus like a YouTuber, let's say, for a long time has been underpaid in air quotes because the it just takes time for that to kind of come down. Like mm -hmm. the equivalent of a CPM, which is cost per thousand impressions or whatever, they're, they're getting paid like $15 on YouTube and $1 on TikTok. And TV shows might be a thousand or fifty or a hundred. I don't know the number. Which and so great, it's kind which of which is a nutty, yeah. nutty difference. Yeah, and you're paying a premium as an advertiser or whoever for the TV because you've are used to paying that. And then when you've come to the internet, there's new models and there's skippable things, and it's it's not exactly the same. Yeah, right. And there's also just been this supply and demand thing of just ten years ago. No one was buying ads on YouTube. Right. And now every big brand in the world uses YouTube as an extension for TV or a replacement. And that has taken like 10, 15 years. So they can afford to pay the $15 CPM, which is way more than everyone else. And so it's just kind of, I think a lot of this is the economics of things have changed. And similar, like Spotify, we talked about, like there, the economics of it were before where people bought CDs and they paid 10, 15 pounds or dollars for a CD. And then, like, the average like revenue per user essentially has changed dramatically from that to Spotify where oh, yeah. you, CDs were the, the like, yeah. like the cable bundle. Exactly. The CD collection was one of the greatest units of, uh, of uh, revenue 
for yeah. a musician ever, right? It, exactly. might, it might be the peak. And uh, no, dude, you nailed that, man. Is like the changing business model. Cable and CD, incredible business model. Guess what? Newspapers, a local monopoly. Yeah. Incredible business model. This is changing, boys. That's why in 10 years, when we're still doing this, that money's coming. That money's, that money's coming to daddy, right? <laughs> well, That's where it, that money's the other, coming. The other uh, parallel from a couple episodes ago, the factory is the product. You could talk about that with the platform too. Like you build the platform to be able to capture and and uh broadcast as much value as possible right like the movie studio is capped at what it can produce it's capped by how many executives it employs how many people go out and have relationships and work on this and introduce this person to this person it's a much longer game to build something that ultimately starts out with a lot of shit quality stuff because you, you don't moderate every decision that gets made but you also have access to billions of eyeballs every single day. And it's like training itself in real time versus the, to Bilal's point, I'm going to buy a TV ad on this channel because I've seen a PDF five years ago that said people over 40 watch this channel versus I'm going to buy this thing in the middle of this video because you know exactly who's watching that video. Yeah, perfect analogy I got for you here. You guys remember... 2020 start of COVID what two short form video things took off or tried to one was Quibi. One was TikTok. Quibi is what you described, right? It's the old school economy. Let's get the greatest producer of the nineties and Meg Whitman who ran HP and eBay. We're going to top down it. We're going to take our time, make content super nice. Seven minutes, quick bites. TikTok. Fucking a hundred million idiots yeah. uploading everything every second. <laughs> and then, wait, I mean, not all of them are idiots. I mean, yeah, I yeah, 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 yeah. Like, It was no, the market decided. The market decided yeah, what was the interesting. The market decided, right? More yeah. consistent. And, they, with and now the you got people being like dressed up as a kitty in the middle battle, of the street. Brother. That's yeah. it. Quibi versus TikTok is the perfect explanation of what's happening in every media format. Yeah. In yeah. everything, oh, almost. Yeah. It's like it's a great, yeah, it's a great comparison of legacy and just like ground up. Just let the let the crowd decide, and they will go absolutely mental in the process. But they figure out what they like. Have you seen some of the most insane trends on TikTok, people? You know the crowd will figure it out. That emergent <laughs> property. When was the last time you thought about the Roman Empire? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, like those those single those single memes that emerge from those networks are like competitive mind share wise with avatar 10 season, like TV shows or movies. Oh, 100%. Or, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. The density of the memes. There we go. Well, the last thing I'll say, cause we should uh, wrap it up in a second is it's a bigger philosophical question, which is we, we talk about what the market decides in terms of content specifically and I'm a big fan of that because I think that's given room for lots of people to create all this amazing, legit, real content that, you know, all I of us are part of that. Idiots, people. No, no, I'm but idiot, I mean, you right? know what I mean? No, but there's like these micro things, even the entertainment stuff, right? Like even if it is someone live streaming, for whatever reason, people are like watching them for 17 hours, oh, yeah. like saying, thanks, Kitty, meow, like all that random crap, right? But that is, in a way, like that's what people are following, and that's if they want to watch that, it's up to them to decide. The other question, though, is like when you then have to start creating content for the algorithm. And I'll shout out our boy Zaid. I just had I him heard on Create Lab. Listen, yeah. great episode. I yeah, thanks, man. This. Thanks for uh, yeah. listening to. Zaid yeah, I had him on. Me. Yeah, Admani explains on TikTok. He's got, I think, half a million followers on there, and we basically had a discussion around if the Mr. Beastification of content is like spoiling YouTube. Obviously, mm. it's a little bit of a headline to say he's ruining YouTube, which he isn't the first one to say that. But the, the idea of like this hyper, have to change every frame, have to always care about retention yeah, yeah, yeah. versus just creating art for art's sake, if you see it as art. Like if you're a filmmaker, you're not saying I need to do this for retention for YouTube algorithm. You're saying, oh, what's the best shot? This, what's the best story? And personally, I want both of those things in the world. You know, but I, I guess that's what, yeah. that's what a movie studio does, right? It's like they make the money on the stupid or the like mass market stuff and they yeah. allocate capital to make the artful stuff that they know is not going to like 
produce like the same an, financial a, outcome. A commercial versus the theater show. If you're an actor, it's like mm -hmm. you're gonna make the money from selling paintbrushes or whatever, but you're gonna get the satisfaction of acting six nights in a row at the Soho Theater or whatever. So yeah, it's a different. Very uh, interesting. Like when we used to work in. Uh the ad world like the the clients that pay you the money are not the ones that you put on the front Use. page of the website right it's yeah, like you're churning exactly. out banner ads. utility yeah Br yeah. british or, what was it british energy or what's the one you guys did? uh we did one verizon for a long right, time it was yeah. like mm -hmm. ten thousand different banner ads for verizon which is like yeah. a huge <laughs> contract and then you've got like the italian supercar brand that you're like yeah this is how we this is how we operate this is how we make money it's and like the cool ones often you're make money the least on money yeah exactly. you lose money on it it's you just, just want to so put them up the, yeah completely all right boys i think we can wrap it up there trying if it's all right we'll save the uh, apple thing for next time because we're gonna yeah we don't have to we're, we're done yeah we're done but that was great done, great, great conversation appreciate you guys out. that was a fun episode we'll see you guys next week for an ama episode which Trung will not be in San Francisco. He might be in another yeah. location might by be in that another point. Location, people. By the time he's uh, recording that second one. Could All be right, anywhere. and we'll, we'll see you guys next week. Appreciate you. Cheers. Bye-bye.